I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of By the Hook. Colby Powell and Andrew Gilman with you as always. Andrew, I'm betting that we maybe, probably, will or will not have college football season. How's that for a prediction? I take even money on that. I would not, however, at this point, I would not throw a dollar on UCLA to win the national championship. Seems like a bad bet at this point. Yeah, I think it's a bad bet. I think the Pac-12 is going to have a hard time. You're going to get great odds on USC. Oregon is going to really play well if you can land Oregon. But, yeah, it may be off the board at this point for the Pac-12. Yeah, maybe off the board. Frankly, for Ohio State. Yeah, tough beat for Ohio State. Really bad beat for Ohio State fans who were hoping to see Justin Fields for one more year. But um, mm-hmm. I guess, I, I don't even know. I, I, I was looking at game lines. I'm looking at a lot of things. I have not actually tried to look and see if I can get national championship odds. I, I don't even I'm know. Looking, I'm looking right now, and I'm not seeing anything. That's got to all be yeah. off the board until they figure it well, out, right? Well, they don't know if, if, if I mean, at, at this rate, Colby, I mean, Kansas could win the damn thing if everyone else decides to shut it down, right? I mean, we don't know who's going to play. I know the Big 12 is moving forward. The Pac-12 says they're not. The Big 10 says they're not. The SEC, we haven't heard any word, but I have a hard time believing that anything in the SEC, whatever viruses or uh, pandemics are going on, is not as important as SEC football. It just means more. We've already been told that. It does just mean more. You're exactly right. Uh, By the way, I can get odds on uh, college basketball. If we want to do college basketball five months in advance uh, on who's going to be the champion there. But, no, I do not have anything. I, for we don't even know. I mean, I think we're 50-50 or worse that we even have college basketball, don't you think? Uh, probably because it's played inside. That's a good point. Well, I'm, no, there's that one game that Michigan State played a couple years ago on that battleship. They, played they outside. did play on a battleship. Maybe we should have them all bubble on a battleship. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you remember this, a long time, uh, one of the greatest quotes in the game, Abe Lemon, a former OCU coach, Oklahoma City coach, said, you know, he has a bunch of great outside shooters, but they play all their games indoors. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That is a good that is one. Classic. I respect that those kind of jokes. Um, yeah. All right. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about a, a sure winner that I backed off of and didn't bet yesterday. You ready for this? How come if it was a sure winner and you backed off of it, why didn't you text me immediately and say you got to get down? Well, that's here, just selfish on your part. It is selfish no. on my part. I should have I should have reached out and let you know there was a sure winner that I got scared of, and I didn't even get scared of. I just felt like I lost my value. So yesterday, the Oklahoma City Thunder were leading the Phoenix Suns by 14 points at the end of the first quarter. So what yeah, do I do? Have them so what do I do? I get on my computer, but but my computer was powered down. I'm using my laptop and it's powered down. By the time I get it powered up and get on the site to go into some live betting, I see that Phoenix is plus 130 on the money line. And I know Phoenix is going to win the game because DeAndre Ayton's coming back. He'd missed his COVID test, so he was going to be late. The, the thunder, All the Thunder guys were out. Everybody you know, was, out. was out. Yes. Yep, yep. They were off to a ridiculously hot start. So I get in there and I see Phoenix plus 130. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump on that. So I click it. I go in to place my bet. As I'm typing it in, it drops to 125, 115, 105. Because by the time I got my computer computer Everyone powered up, yes, because yeah. by the time I got my computer powered up, the second quarter had started. Phoenix starts the second quarter on like a 7-0 run. So the reason I backed off is because I felt like I lost all my value. I was at plus 130, and by the time I could get my number, 
uh, typed in. I was basically at even money, and I'm like, you know, at even money, I don't, I don't even think it's worth it. So I just closed my laptop, didn't mess with it. And then, of course, Phoenix runs away with the game, and I feel like an idiot for not playing it. I should have just... I should have had it ready. I should not have waited until the end of the first mm-hmm. quarter to have it out and ready to bet that live because I knew when I saw the Thunder off to that hot start that Phoenix yeah, was going to be plus hot. money and they were going to win the game. Phoenix has been really hot. So the, the moral of the story is, one, you need to be – well, you got two choices. Either get smarter, right? That's an option. That's an option always or, for me. Or, or get a computer that boots up faster. That is also an option. I think that's a more yeah. expensive option than the first one. <laughs> Well, I mean, the first one means that you're going to have to read more and devote more time and energy and all that stuff. So I, it, that, that, that could be an even money bet, whichever one you want to go with. Yeah, could go either way. So anyway, I cost myself some no, some money yesterday by not uh, having the willingness to pull the trigger even once my odds went down. But that was yeah. uh, that would have been a pretty good uh, live bet had I made it on Phoenix. Andrew, I had so many golfers in play last weekend at the PGA Championship. And they all whiffed. Were you yep. on Morikawa? Yep. I was not, but uh, we talked. I talked ahead of time. I love Jason Day. I told you that it was great odds on Jason Day. It's around fifty to one. Uh, you know, you got a major, uh, multiple major winner. Got a guy that's quite hot. And what did you tell me? You said, "Oh, it's cold out there. I don't like Jason Day. He gets too cold." I don't like the cost very often. Cold, but dude was wearing fucking mittens on the golf course. <laughs> DJ's wearing. He's wearing short sleeves and. I look at Jason Day, he's wearing mittens, and I'm like, I'm done. He's got no chance. He was wearing mittens on Sunday. He was wearing mittens, I and I think believe. somebody tweeted at the time that it was like 64 degrees, and he's wearing yeah. mittens. I'll say this, though. Have you ever been to San Francisco? I've been. It's, it can get cold. I understand that. Six, 64 degrees in San Francisco is not like 64 degrees other places. It's a cold no. 64 degrees. Yeah, it's windy and cold. I understand that. But never ju- – and I understand also. Never judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. Unless he's wearing mittens in August on the golf course, then you can judge. Judge freely in that case. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was bothering anybody else too bad. Uh, no. It was, it was awesome to watch Morikawa on the back nine. The tee shot he hit on 16 was historic. No, that was nuts. I mean, that's crazy. It might be someone, – someone made the point it might be the best shot in PGA history in the, for the PGA Championship. Of course, I don't remember a bunch of them, but – to do that, I remember some pretty that, uh, some pretty important Tiger ones from 2000. But yeah. anyway, but the point of that shot was to me it was well he just he stuck he got up there and he stuck it so good for him and he deserved he went for the win and he got it right there. But what I liked about that was hopefully that's a message to uh, the PGA and the USGA. I want to see more setups like that. Don't give me 500 yard par fours. All those guys bomb at 350 anyway. It doesn't mean anything to them. Give me more drivable par fours with trouble. Give me more risk-reward. Give me more water left, water right, but you can get there if you want to take out the driver. Or if you want to lay back and try to make birdies, that's fine too. But I want decision-making. When it's a 500-yard par four, there's no decision-making. When it's a 600-yard par five, I don't want this. There's no decision-making. I think in a hole like that, that's what makes golf fun. And everyone hits the ball so far. The key, I think, in the future of golf is to not lengthen courses but to shorten them. I think that's what makes it more fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, I could not possibly agree more with, uh, with, with that. R- Risk-reward is what makes good golf holes. Mm-hmm. It's what mm-hmm. makes good golf yeah. holes. Yeah, and, and, I don't, and I don't mind the screen door open or the John Deere or something when they go 27 under and you're just seeing a you know, birdie diarrhea coming in the back nine. Everyone's going birdies. Everyone's firing at the pin. And I don't mind the U.S. Open where 
a par is like it's it, it, it's it's a lifesaver to make a par here, and then there's three or four holes per nine that maybe you can try to get a birdie on. I don't mind seeing that. I think there's there's got to be something in between. I want to see guys go for birdies, but I want to see that there being a penalty if you don't get one. And you're not going to get that at most of those tournaments because they just go so low. You know, you get Bryson that'll just bomb it down there and gouge it out of the rough from 85 yards. That doesn't mean anything to him either. Yeah, you know, they're no. that close. That doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah, it's like 12, 13, and 14 were boring golf holes. They were long, straightforward par fours. And then 16 is the hole mm-hmm. that made the tournament. So uh, I'm yeah. 100% yeah. with you on all of that. I love that stuff. So, so this week, we turn around. We go from the PGA Championship to the Wyndham Championship, yep. which uh, kind of yep. takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. But there's a guy in the field, a little local flavor. I, I like some local okay. flavor this week. I think you're getting really good odds on a guy who very well could get his first PGA Tour win this week in Abraham answer. He's going to win at some point. This feels like the perfect time for it to happen while everyone else is coming down from the hangover of contending in the major last week. Listen to the names above him on the board. Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey, and Justin Rose. Several of those guys were in contention last week. All those guys made the cut. They're going to be coming down off the hangover of the major championship. I love Abraham answer this week. What kind of number did you get on Abraham? Twenty-five to one right now. I don't think that's enough. I mean, I like him. I like what you're saying about him. But at twenty-five to one, by the way, what would it take for you to take Jordan Spieth at thirty to one right now? Oh my gosh! Uh, at I thirty mean, to one, you'd probably have to give me about twice as good odds. Even yeah, he, if Jordan Spieth he, were sixty to one this week, I would not play it. He looks miserable. By the way, there's a couple guys that I'm looking at. Little local flair and big numbers on him. When is Harold Varner going to win a tournament? He's won one, right? Has he won one? Uh, no. Won one. No, he has not. He, he, he's, but we've seen his name on the leaderboard. He's been there. He always puts together one or two rounds that are really good. He made a late charge. He didn't get on the first page of the leaderboard, but he made a nice little run last week. He's at 70 to 1. He's also, I believe, from North Carolina. Um, so you have a little bit of that guy coming home. I think you also get uh, Kevin Kisner at 35 to 1, who's He's a he's a leaderboard stalker too. I think you can get him. He's a local guy, and a lot of people like Doc Redman. I've seen him a couple times uh, as well, and he's at sixty to one, and he's had a he's had a nice little season. Those are some longer odd guys that, that I had my eye on. Yeah, I'm out on Doc. Uh, Harold Varner, by the way, has won a European Tour event, not uh, okay. not a PGA Tour event. Yeah, it was back in yeah, we, 2016. Him and for whatever reason, the last couple of years, Chaz Reedy seems to always find his name in the top ten. But he's not a closer. Uh, but man, if he doesn't, he doesn't always go up. He seems like about the most boring golfer out there. Harold Varner has a little bit of flair to him. Whereas the Jordans out there, which I like, uh, looks like he's having a lot of fun. And I, I think he's he's due for a breakthrough also. I have I can't remember who it was. I was listening to PGA Tour Radio a couple of weeks ago. They said Ches Reeve, somebody out there who knows Ches, plays with him regularly, says he's the biggest tinkerer on tour. Says he'll go out on Monday. He'll he'll play. He'll shoot sixty five. Hit. 12 fairways and 16 greens. He'll come out on Tuesday. He'll have 14 new clubs in the bag. Driver through putter. Oh. Uh, that's never a good sign. That, no. uh, yeah, when when Tyrell Hatton goes to Golf Galaxy and buys himself a putter before round four and then shoots the 64 one week and then goes back to his old putter, that's a, never a good thing. When How Tong Lee hits range balls, I, mean, I thought he, he thought his tee time was 2 a.m. I mean, the dude was out there for, what, 11 hours after – his tee time that same day, pounding range balls, you just have to hit the over the next day on the guy. And of course he goes over. 
So to me, um, that sort of stuff is dangerous. Now, it's hard to argue Ches Reeves making a nice little paycheck. He's done pretty well for himself, but he does not feel like a closer at all. But these are the kind of tournaments that he can win. Yes, I don't know are. how much I, – I think you're right. I don't know how much interest Brooks Koepko or Justin Rose even has in something like this. No, Brooks is – I mean, there's no point in even looking at Brooks. Look the opposite way from Brooks. Uh, he mm-hmm. cares less than zero – about this tournament. I think he plays some of these tournaments because you have to hit a minimum number. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why he plays a lot of these tournaments. If they would let him play four, he would play four. He might do it. He might, yeah. yeah, he might just play four. Maybe he would play eight. Maybe he'd play the week before to get himself warmed right. up. And then he'd play the major championships. But he just, yep. he doesn't care uh, about any of these. He's, he's somebody who is absolutely a professional golfer because it pays well, not because he loves the game. It doesn't look like he's enjoying himself and he sort of played himself. I, I think that. The sort of the um, the Q rating for Brooks Kepka is dipping quite a bit. I'm, he used to be really likable in some ways, you know, and he would he would sort of say some things that that made a lot of sense, like speeding up play and stuff like that. But now he sort of comes off as a little bit of a wine man. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm not I'm not a Kepka fan, but I haven't been a Kepka fan. Something either. happened though recently, yeah. though, right? I mean, something's happened with his game slash mouth and. It's not really worked out for him. Yeah, I don't know. I, he, had even, bad, he had a bad Sunday, by the way. He had a really bad Sunday. Yeah, he only beat one guy in the field. The only guy in the field he beat was Jim Herman, who has pretty much lost his game. I couldn't believe he was even around for the weekend. Even last summer, mm. whenever I was out at Pebble Beach, I was avidly rooting against Brooks Kepka, and basically everyone else on property I talked to um, was rooting for him because they wanted to see history. They wanted to see three U.S. Opens in a row. Yeah, I'm like, man, yeah. I don't want to see a guy who doesn't even like the game of golf set that kind of history. That's a good point. By the way, how bad if, if you went with Kepka? I mean, I went on Justin uh, Thomas. It looked like he was going to make a run on Saturday. I think he started three under the first four holes on Saturday, and then he dropped back. But I did give you a top ten with me now, which was nice. Yes, I, I felt like he, he's a guy that I've been I've been hot on all year, uh, and I did give you a top ten with Jason Day. But past that, it didn't work out so good. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of getting my hopes up a little bit on my twenty five to one Bryson. Because I bet Bryson back in June, so I got those really good odds. And I was thinking maybe he was going to make it happen on Sunday, and then he bogeys eight, he bogeys mm-hmm. nine. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's bringing a five iron into eight, pulls it, makes bogey. He's bringing a six iron into nine, pulls it, makes bogey. Doesn't par, or pardon me, doesn't birdie 10, the par five that everybody's birding. At that point, I knew, okay, he's probably not going to make it happen here. And, and even with all that happening, he had three wood into 16. And if his ball is a foot further left, it rolls up to tap in range for an eagle. Might even have a chance to go in the hole, but it wasn't. It was a foot further right, and he ends up making birdie. So uh, it was a great tournament, great first major of the year. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to. Nah, not so much the win them this week. But then we start the playoffs, and then we get to the yep. U.S. Open, and then the Masters in November. Good. So uh, golf's got it figured out as far as continuing to play. It seems like everyone's being responsible, and they're going to be able to stay out on the course. Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Good, time, good time to mention this, then, since the golf doesn't really uh, captivate me too much this weekend. There is a good way to get into it. You bet props on golf. and uh, You like the prop bets. I like the prop bets. It's an opportunity to also send you toward uh, one of our sponsors of our show, By the Hook, is Thrive, Sp- Thrive Fantasy Sports, which is a great app to download. It's Thrive Fantasy, and you can bet props all day. 
If you mention the hook and the promo, you get yourself $20. If you deposit $20, they'll put yeah, the, the $20 promo code. Right It'll ask you for a promo code. Right. Type in the word hook. It's not case sensitive. Mm -hmm. H-O-O-K. Type that in as your promo code. Any deposit of 20, you're going to get a bonus of 20 for your first deposit. You can play games for two bucks. You can play games for five bucks. You can do Major League Baseball. You can do the NBA. Uh, you can do golf, and the golf is fun. I played some on Sunday. I was I didn't do so well, but you could bet, for example, Brooks Kepka over sixty-seven point five strokes, or Colin Morikawa twelve or fewer pars. There's all sorts of stuff you can bet. They give you a list of like ten of them. I think you pick five, and uh, it gives you odds on that stuff. If you get them right, you can move to the top of the list. And there's all sorts of different games. You want to play a game for five hundred dollars? You can play a game for five hundred. You want to play a game for two? You play a game for two, and it's all prop bets. So. You have a bad day on the course, enter the next contest, spend another two bucks. So uh, I spent a couple dollars on that. Unsuccessful on the weekend, but it's a fun way to watch and a, a different way to cheer on guys that may or may not be winning a tournament. Yep, I love it. So check out Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy on Twitter. Download the app. Get yourself in on some prop bets. Andrew, I want to ask you about the Thunder before we get out of here. Okay. We don't have the game yep. line out uh, because, full disclosure, we had some scheduling issues tomorrow. We're, rec we're recording this on Tuesday night, so we don't have mm -hmm. the line out. But I want to know, Thunder, Heat tomorrow. I just want to know your general feeling uh, about an Oklahoma City Thunder team that's been a little hot and cold lately with, yep. the, with the big wins and the big losses, rested a bunch of guys yesterday. So where are you at on the Thunder right now uh, as far as trying to close out these last two against the Heat and the Clippers and then potentially being able to be competitive in a playoff series? I, I like them to be competitive in a playoff series. The question is how motivated are they going to be the next two games in the bubble, the last two games in the bubble. Uh, before the playoffs start, I think Illinois is supposed to play tomorrow. I think uh, Gilgis Alexander is also supposed to play Wednesday against the Heat as well. Uh, I don't know about Stephen Adams. My guess is if the playoffs started tomorrow, all of these guys would be going. I don't think any of those are significant injuries. And I do think the Heat are motivated, too. I think they're, uh, they get a chance to wrap up fourth in the, in the East, so that's a pretty big deal for them. The question is, uh, are the Thunder going to try to win? When they, when they send up that lineup, it's hard to bet against them. You know, you see a number of like yesterday, a Monday against the Suns, the Thunder giving seven or something like that. And like that seems like a lot, but the Suns have been playing great. I think they're a covering machine in the bubble. They didn't begin today against the Sixers, by the way. Uh, so they're really good. Uh, been playing really well down there. But I guess I will take the Thunder tomorrow. My guess is that they'll be a slight favorite, one to three points somewhere in that neighborhood. I would probably no play it at this point, just because I don't know what their urgency level is. Yeah, I'm I'm probably no playing the rest of the NBA regular season until we get to the play-in games and the playoffs because then I will know what everyone's sense of urgency is. Right now, you got Phoenix is seven and zero in the bubble. Portland keeps winning. Did you see what Dame did tonight? What Dame did tonight? Sixty-one. Yeah, and that in, was in regulation. What, that was thirty-six hours or so after Patrick Beverly and uh, the Clippers were laughing at Dame. He missed a couple free throws at the end of that game that would have had them beat the Clippers. He missed. What, two free throws in the last three seconds of that game? They were two down by yeah. one, and he missed both of them, right? He missed both. They would have won by yeah, one. Yeah, crazy. He, 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 ten times out of ten, I'd pick him to make both those free throws. Yeah, he's a 90% free throw shooter, or 88, whatever uh, he is. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't even know his number, but if you told me he's a 12% free throw shooter, I still would have said, give me even money on him making both of those, because he seems clutch. Obviously, you know what he did against the Thunder last year in the playoffs. And he mentioned that. He said, I've already knocked out Paul George in the playoffs. We all know what Patrick Beverly is. I thought his response was pretty good because Beverly and those guys are over there joking and giggling, and they weren't even in the game, which to me is a little weird, but whatever. I mean, 
61. Uh, uh, Portland's been sort of fun to watch with Carmelo and, and Dame and those guys in the bubble. They've been all right. So I, I sort of hope that they can make the playoffs. But Phoenix has been uh, – they've definitely played their way up there too. So hopefully they can get a break. Yeah, Damian Lillard, 88.4% from the line. So you definitely wouldn't pick him to miss those free throws. No. That'd be a bad pick. No. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun once we get to the play-in games to see who gets to join mm-hmm. the uh, the actual teams that are in – the playoffs, obviously, I, I don't know. It's weird how they're doing it right at the end. They played two out of three, right? They can play yes. two out of three yep. on those. Yeah, and here's why I think uh, Oklahoma City will have some urgency tomorrow. Oklahoma City's currently sitting in the five, which would match them up against Houston. If they fall to the six, and they're only, they're only a half game ahead of Utah for the six, they would face Denver in the first round. I think you, you much that. prefer Houston oh, yeah. uh, than Denver because Jokic is a matchup nightmare yeah, for Adams. You need Houston. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know what Houston. Houston's good enough to win a championship, or good enough to just get blown out. And that's what we've seen out of them in the bubble too. It's just yesterday. I mean, the odds. You know, we're talking about no play in the Thunder, but you almost you got to really be. Uh, you really need to know what you're doing, and, I, and I'm not necessarily somebody that is because yes, today's odds with Houston. They started with uh, I think Houston minus one, and then it moved to San Antonio minus six at game time against the Rockets, and. Uh, that was uh, yesterday's game, by the way. And no, that was today's game. I'm sorry, I'm getting them all mixed up. And then, of course, San Antonio doesn't just cover the seven. They win by 18. They were up by 20 something in the first half. You just don't know who's going to play, uh, and and that makes it a lot more difficult, especially uh, when there's all neutral court situations too. So it, it, it takes a lot of the uh, well, it certainly takes all the home court advantage out of it, but it takes all the edge out of the home court, which is which affects the game line so much. So that's why the playoffs are going to be so fun to watch. By the time we talk next week, we can talk playoff odds. Too, so that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be really good to talk about the playoff odds. Uh, yeah, Denver, you know, or not Denver, Houston's going to shoot 55 threes. If they make, 20, mm-hmm. if they make 25, they're going to beat you. If they make yep. 18, you're going to beat them. You just, so, yeah. so, it, so I don't know how you bet that team because how do you, how do you bet how many they're going to make that night? I actually feel like Oklahoma City's probably a decent matchup because Oklahoma City has a bunch of perimeter defenders. That's a good point, and and the young guys that won't have to worry about a crowd, they won't have to worry about you know uh, going on the road, all of that stuff. So, Orlando's the only team that's played eight games at home in this bubble thing. No fair for them. Uh, yeah, you're right. Unfair home court advantage they, for the Magic. I think they have more fans actually at these uh, fanless games than they would normally at the yes. Amway Center or whatever it's called. Yep, they definitely do. Uh, good stuff this week. We've got more golf, more NBA. Next week we'll have NBA playoffs, and we'll be getting mm-hmm. ready for the FedEx Cup playoffs as well. Also, oh, if, we, if we do get college football schedules, perhaps we will get some over-under, some win totals, uh, and we can take a look at those as well. So hopefully we've got some good things coming uh, as we get closer to football season, which looks like – at some level, it may happen. So, uh, fingers crossed that we'll have more to bring you as we go. Andrew, enjoyed it. Have a good week. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Colby. Good stuff. That's Andrew Gilman every single week. Remember to check out Thrive Fantasy. Download the app. Follow them on Twitter. Use the promo code HOOK to receive $20 with your first deposit of at least 20 Thanks for listening. Once again, we're back next week with more here on By the Hook. <laughs>